Welcome to the Rebecca Panapinto Project. Today, I am very excited to host an amazing new friend named Elena. She exemplifies resilience in her journey from academia to leading roles in global corporations. Passionate about human potential, she crafts transformative talent development programs as well as talent pipelines. With her unique blend of empowerment and empathy, Elena drives growth within individuals and organizations across the competitive business landscape. In her high-impact role at a top-tier tech consulting firm, Elena brings belief in the untapped capabilities of the human mind, integrating neuroscience to maximize effectiveness. She's also a sought-after speaker, delivering messages that resonate with audiences from New York to Dubai. An entrepreneur at heart, Elena co-founded Bloom Youth and launched Blesser. Both are technology solutions aimed at enhancing skills and well-being. She's the author of two books, Shift and the Rough Guide to Awesome Leadership. And she also hosts two podcasts, Shift and the Confessions of a Career Coach. Beyond her professional life, Elena dedicates time to mentoring young professionals and assists military veterans in transitioning to corporate roles. As you can see, Elena is an absolutely incredible individual, and I was honored recently to go on her podcast. So I was very excited to have her come on my show. Enjoy the episode. Elena, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Excited to be here. Likewise. We've been chatting for a little bit now and have become such a huge fan of yours, your content and collaborating with you. So I'm excited to finally have you on the show and talk about all that you're up to. Oh, thank you so much. Likewise. Let's dive in because you are a rock star. You're like everywhere. One, super accomplished author, been part of the TEDx community, building your own community with your podcast, and then working heavily within the IT community as a recruiter. So let's chat about what you're seeing, especially when it comes to all that's going on with digital and the fast enhancements that we are seeing around things like Gen AI. You know, cloud came and went really fast. Now, this new wave is all, what are we going to do with generative AI and how can people stay relevant and on top of all of that? So what are you seeing as you're talking to candidates and as you're working within this tech ecosystem of how folks are interfacing with this new wave of what's coming with digital? Mm. I, I think one of the biggest things is like people are just trying to keep up. <laughs> and I think that's becoming more and more challenging. And uh, for us, like in recruitment, uh, so I'm in tech recruitment and we recruit for different technologies. And I think no matter where I look, it's like just one, finding the right talent with the right skills is its own set of challenges. Um, and another part is like when you find it as an individual, how can, like as a company, one, how can you help them maintain their relevance? How can you as a business maintain relevance, right? And, and like, how do you make time for all this upskilling and reskilling and relearning and unlearning and all the things that you have to do as an organization? And also I kind of feel for the, for the individuals because tech is one of the highest industries when it comes to like burnout, when it comes to, you know, the stress levels, the, the workload and stuff like that. And so it becomes very difficult for the individuals to also navigate um, all, all, all of that. What keeps coming to mind, and something I've heard many years ago, and I forgot who I heard it from, and I, I, I wish I could credit the person, but the three C's that I think are just relevant in any profession, but, but particularly in tech, one is curiosity, courage, and consistency. Curiosity is around just being curious what's coming next in the industry, right? And this is kind of what we, when one of the areas when I interview candidates, that's the question I ask them is like, what are you most excited about right now in the industry? You know, how are you keeping up with all these different technologies, depending on whichever technology I'm interviewing them on? You know, just to identify like where they are in that curiosity, uh, you know, um, 
lever, so to say. So curiosity is number one. Courage, courage to try new things because you know you start off sucking at just about everything, right? So you got to start somewhere. And even if you've been a great developer in particular technology, like using Appian, or low code, no code, Python, if you just switch into AI, ML, and those sort of things, like there are maybe some similarities, but a lot of times it takes courage to try something new and you're probably not going to be great at it. And I think with specifically with analytical people, they're such perfectionists in many ways that it's almost like it's scary to be that courageous and try all these different things. And final thing is consistencies. How can you create these spaces in your day, in your work, whether your company gives it to them or not, right? How can you create the space to continue to learn, stay consistent? Because I think that's that's how you kind of really maintain relevance, essentially. So I think the three C's is kind of what I see is beneficial what I see successful candidates um, and companies practice. That's good. And with all three of those C's, I feel like they can easily combat fear, which can be the thing that stunts anybody engaging in these new technologies. And like when Gen AI first came on the map in like a real capacity, it was like, holy smokes, this is going to take people's jobs. And it was like, okay, if you're that person who's going to like go cry in the corner because you're threatened by this new technology that yet is to see its full, you know, opportunity, then you're going to be stunted in overall growth. But if you approach it with curiosity and courage and see number three, consistency, consistency, thank you. Uh, It's going to take you a lot further and you're going to be somebody who can leverage that technology to advance your own career, advance your business and not kind of pull back and almost like take your ball and go home in a fearful matter, but instead really push forward what the technology can offer. Yeah, I think it's just like, how can we as, you know, people like incorporate this in our daily lives in general, regardless of the profession, but even in tech, right? Um, and there's been a lot of, especially with low code, no code, like, or, you know, like, are we ever going to need developers? And there's a lot of talk about that and stuff, like, you know, coders and all of that. So it's just, it's more of like tuning into your growth mindset, I guess, versus scarcity mindset. And I think that's where that, fear kicks in is if you're operating from a scarcity mindset, then all you're going to see is the negative aspect of technology. And that's not, I mean, of, you know, generative AI and it's, it's growing, it's going to, it's there. So you might as well just get comfortable with it and get curious. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, I think it's just like not operating out of that scarcity mindset and instead like trying to figure like, how can I utilize this to my advantage? And there's a lot of ways to do that. Oh, absolutely. As we see this transition, though, what do you think the shift is going to be when it comes to soft skills versus like when you're interviewing a candidate, candidate it being purely tech driven and testing their you know, capacity to solve technology problems? Mm. That, that's a good question. I've actually been thinking quite a bit about this um, because I, I, I think a lot about soft skills. Obviously, it's like one of my bread and butters of, of what I do is especially within tech talent as I help them develop those. But when it comes to soft skills, I think the biggest one that we tend to ignore is not even the the kind of the like yes, there's the important ones like understanding, you know, having the critical thinking skills and 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 the people management and the um, uh, you know just understanding how to communicate with different parties and and so on and trying to you know figure out how you can put pieces together and people together. But I think a bigger one that we don't talk about is how are you going to not even manage your time, but manage your energy in order for you to stay on top of all those things that we have to learn, unlearn, do, 
be curious about, consistent about, and so on. So I think that's the biggest challenge we have right now is self-management in a sense, but particularly like energy management, because in, especially in the tech world, it's moving so fast and it's impossible to be everywhere. It's impossible to learn everything. And, um, and just, and, and it's hard not to get overwhelmed by all these things. So I think the, the, the bigger thing, and maybe this is kind of because it's something I truly believe in is like, how can we as people learn how to take care of ourselves, our well-being? which helps with energy management so that we can be have the critical thinking skills, have the clear mind and the energy and the physical health and the mindset and the you know growth mindset versus scarcity and, and being able to manage our emotions and being able to manage other people and all the changes that come with technologies. I think that is a skill that we many people um, don't talk about. And I think we, we should talk more about that. Oh, that's good. I like that a lot, especially thinking through how like my life now is just screen to screen to screen. You know, I take a break from my computer to look at my phone screen and then I'm back on my computer and then there's an iPad that gets brought in and it's constantly an interface with a screen more so than a person. And you and I both know screens don't really give energy. They kind of just take and take. And so by the end of the day, I'm so much more exhausted when I've been just sitting on my computer in a virtual capacity all day than if I would have been with those same people in a boardroom or at a conference and it just wipes you out. It does. I, I, that's one of the biggest challenges I see with, with tech people I work with is, um, you know, they come to me with those challenges. So it's, it's not even when it comes to soft skills, it's usually hides under like, I think I need time management, or I think I need to know how to be more productive, or, you know, I'm really stressed out, or I'm not able to focus. And and I I feel like we're just using that as like a surface. It's like, it's like putting a bandaid on a broken leg, right? And to be fair, it's just, that's what we, we can point to. You're like, well, I just need to, you know, I feel like I'm not focused, or I feel like I need to know how to better manage my time. But I'm like, it's really not that. It's about it goes back to energy management. <laughs> so it's like, let's go back to the basics. And I think we, as we become so technologically advanced, and you know, we feel like we need to be more productive and all that, we forgot the basics of how are you sleeping, what are you eating, how are you moving, and and I, I mean, this is across all industries. But I, again, because tech is such a stress-inducing um, <laughs> industry to be in, and the jobs are so intense and very much focused on being in front of the screen a lot of times for a lot of these developers in particular, that it drains your energy. So uh, asking yourself a question of going back to the basics and like, what can you adjust there? I, I think that can significantly improve all the other soft skills and self-management aspects that we we, we talk about. Oh, and I can feel it when like my screen time gets out of control. I just will need a weekend to go. For me, it's run obstacle course races, be out (laughs) in the wilderness, not behind a device, completely unplugged from that piece of life, but still communicating and interacting with people in a real time capacity. And for me, it's getting like in my body and Mm. being able to just take a break. And then I come back on a Monday so much more refreshed with so much more energy Granted, it can get zapped pretty fast, but if I don't have that balance, you just continue to run on fumes. And eventually, I think to your point, burnout is inevitable. Yeah, I think we just get so caught up. And and again, because I spend a lot of time with very analytical people, it seems to be also there's a lot of 
uh, over engineering certain things, it seems, you know, versus just keeping it simple. And, um, you know, and there's also, you know, at least in the, in the area that I'm in, it's very high, high, um, high performers, high potential. So very on kind of individuals, right? And so, and once you get into the habit of being on all the time and you have this perfectionist and you have this, you know, very over-engineering mindset at times, which is great in certain situations, but not always great for our well-being. And I think just being in that loop and, and just operating at a certain level, if you don't learn how to disconnect and how to give yourself a break and remember that you're a human being and there's, you know, your body needs a recharge just like everything else. I think people just get very much caught up into that and that's where it helps to have that conversation sometimes and like, hey, like, have you taken a moment <laughs> to step away from a screen? So, well, good leaders know how to spot that and coach that. But when you're working with specific candidates and you know folks that are within the technology space, especially high-performing, like analytical technology professionals, how are you coaching them to become aware of this and to start to do their own energy management? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. For, interestingly enough, people usually come to me when they've hit that burnout. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's more of a reactive nature. So, um, uh, I mean, as part of what I kind of do and the, the, the work that I do with the company I'm working with is, of course, we provide a lot of different well-being initiatives and not just like the, the yoga and, you know, hold hands and sing kumbaya. It's more of really um, uh, tailored sessions on different topics, specifically around energy management. That's what I spend a lot of time focusing on. So I try to take a more proactive approach, but for better or for worse. And I think that's just the nature of of a lot of companies, a lot of organizations and a lot of um, uh, tech people is being reactive versus proactive. And so a lot of time by the time person comes to me, it's more of like reacting. It's like, okay, now let's fix this. So it's, it's really just identifying how do we not fall into that trap again and what has led to that. Right. And at the same time, you know, trying to create programs and, and have conversations, not only with individuals on the ground, but also the management and the leadership is like, how can we continue to be more proactive around uh, around, you know, uh, practicing and showing what does a balance look like, what is whatever that balance looks like. So I don't always necessarily believe in like work-life balance, but I think it just comes to like prioritizing and just prioritizing those small spaces. Even if it's 10 minutes every day, 10 minutes, not every day, I'm sorry, 10 minutes on every couple of hours to step away. So it is something that we encourage our managers to do is to say like, listen, like, if you know, do, one, do you need to have that meeting? You know, I feel like we're overdriven by meetings. That that's that's one thing we focus on. Is like, ask yourself, do you really need to have that meeting? Um, another thing is like, you know, encouraging team members. You know, um, before they go into the next task, like remind them, hey, like step away, step away from your desk. Even just go take a walk. I don't know, do ten push-ups, whatever floats your boat, right? Just step away from that desk. So I think there's a couple of different things. So one is like helping people manage when they are in that hole already. And also helping managers in particular and individuals as well themselves be more proactive and recognizing the signs of burnout. And that's hard to do because, again, and I think it just for managers, what's the hardest part is like taking a moment as a manager and taking a moment for yourself to reflect. Because if you're not aware of where you are on that, you know,
flags of potential burnout in their team members. But without the manager having that self-awareness, it's, it's very difficult to work with an individual. You can, yes, but I think more time needs to be spent on the manager. So this was something that we try to do in my company. But still, I do have individuals so that reach out to me and, um, um, and we try, try to work with them on an individual basis as well. And then what about for yourself personally? How do you go about energy management? Yeah, so for me, um, I'm a very um, routine-based person, so I stick to my routines. Um, and I, I, I'm an early morning person. I'm, I'm that like annoying 5 a.m. person. Uh, I have a lot of different things that I do in practice to keep myself um, at a high operating level. So part of it is getting my sunshine in the morning, um, getting, uh, getting my exercise in the morning as well, morning or evening, depending on kind of um, the time, but just getting moving. So even if I don't get a hard workout in the morning, I definitely do something in the evening, but getting out there for a walk, even if it's freezing, or if I go on a treadmill, getting my body moving in the morning is essential exposure to sunlight or some kind of artificial light. Because now, um, if I wake up early, I have like two hours before the sun comes up, that's that's been a game changer. I've started doing that a couple of years ago. It actually helps me sleep better as well. I don't have the afternoon crash. Um, I limit my caffeine to one cup a day. So that's been a game changer as well. I used to be like a, a coffee, super big coffee person. Um, I have a standing desk, which I very much love. I am alternating continuously between standing and sitting. Um, so that's been a game changer as well, at least in the last couple of years. Um, I'm, I'm really big into stretching as well. That's been a game changer as well. I think we forget how much our bodies, we're always like this. So it's almost like when we're sitting like this. So just taking a moment, just like stretching throughout the day, like deep stretches is something that I've recently in the last couple of years, again, added to my routine. I've, I've added a lot of things in the last couple of years to my routine through like educating myself a little bit more about what works for me. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty hardcore when it comes to my well-being. I sleep really well. I prioritize sleep. It's probably one of the most important things that I do, if anything. Um, and I mean, I maintain, um, I, I don't really drink alcohol. I don't, um, so that I do a lot of other things that are more like nutrition driven and more of just like, um, you know, kind of holistic approach to what I eat and what I drink or don't drink that I think add a lot to, do I have energy or do not have energy? So, um, again, it's just, it's something that works for me, but I think finding, finding that formula, that cocktail that works for you. I think is the best strategy. So by no means is my way the best way, but it just works. And this is why we get along. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's constantly, you know, trying a test, something new, pulling back the caffeine. I like the sunlight. I recently introduced that as well, especially for jet lag management yeah. um, and figuring out like, yeah, what's going to make you perform the best. And I've realized a lot of times too, I can change things and not pause enough to recognize the positive or negative impact of implementing this new thing. And then just like blow by and a few weeks later be like, well, that didn't really matter. I'm going to revert back to another situation, but it takes some conscious like paired activity with changing something to then also set intentionality and a pausing to say, well, is this really helping? And how do I mm -hmm. feel today at 3 PM when I didn't have caffeine versus when I did, yeah. um, it takes a little bit of, uh, just yeah, a pause and a self-reflection to really realize what does work and what doesn't. And then it's it's constantly changing and evolving as you get better and um, you're more focused, but at least doing something versus just ignoring your feelings and getting that point of burnout. 
is definitely yeah. more positive. Well, I, I think that's a really good point because we, again, we get so busy and we don't pay attention to our bodies. And I think that's so important for anybody. I don't care what industry you're in for just as a human being, paying attention to what your body is telling you after you eat something, after you drink something, after, you know, caffeine for me, like I remember when I used to have caffeine in the afternoon, I, I wouldn't feel right. I would, I would crash really fast afterwards. I, I would just feel all kinds of off. I didn't sleep as well. And um, listening to your body instead of just like, you know, suppressing the feelings and emotions, like the, the, the whatever the, the feelings and what is the, the senses that your body has at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we do that quite a bit. We almost try to numb it down. Um, or we, something hurts, we take it, we, we take a, you know, like a pain pill or something, or, or what, or, you know, we need more energy, we take a coffee instead of actually getting to like, okay, why am I feeling this way and trying to be more observant? Um, I, I think if we just do that, I, I that's been a game changer. And I don't know if it's just because like over the years, like I, I started to get a little bit more pains and I was like, wait, what is that? Wait a second. Cause when you're young, nothing hurts. <laughs> you know, when you're like in your twenties, I mean, I'm still young, but when you're in your twenties, it's a little bit different than when you're in your thirties. So I don't know if I was just forced to think about these things and to start paying attention or if it's like, you know, consciously it's like, maybe I should start listening. So, but when I start listening to whatever your body's telling you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your incredible podcast now too. Shift, you have an incredible platform you've built, amazing guests. I had the privilege of getting to do an episode with you recently, which was just such a blast. You were well-researched, asked amazing questions. So now I want to take time to allow you to promote your show here on the Rec Pinto Project and learn more about the vision and the history of how you got to where you are with Shift. Yeah, thank you. It's I always say it's um, it's such an honor and privilege to be able to do that podcast. When I started off, I did not. It's been three years, three years now. I did not expect to to honestly like to keep doing it. I was doing it as um, part of my business at the time. We we're like, well, let's just create some content. And I was always talking to people. My business partner at the time was like, we should just start recording these conversations. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then it just you know transformed into something something so so interesting and. Um, it's probably one of the best things I've done in my personal professional life, I guess, so far. It's so rewarding. So um, uh, shift is around uh, shifting your mindset, shifting your habits, shifting your routine. So it's really just helping people be like that 1% better each day, helping them progress. Um, I cover topics around, ta- I talk a lot about talent development because I love talent development. I talk a lot about performance. Um, I talk a lot about entrepreneurship. I talk to other podcasters like yourself. And people are just doing amazing things. And it's really just about showcasing that there's not one way to do, to, to live, a, to, to live a successful life, to live a happy life. Um, and how much of everything that we do in life has to do with our mindset and again, our health. Uh, and that's a big, that's a big push for me on the podcast is like, I, I really do believe there's a correlation between, um, just really just your health and your well-being overall. Uh, and the success and the joy and the happiness and fulfillment you have in your life. I think that, again, just we forget about the basics of who we are as human beings and our biology and that those things need nourishing um, and that it, it just makes everything else better around us. So that's kind of been the the the, the push for it. And I, I learned so much. I've grown with the podcast. Um, I always... I love going back to my first episode and the poor person that was my, my first guest. I'm always like, I'm so sorry you had to go through this, but I just see such a shift. And I tell everybody, like, everybody should have a podcast. You know, if you if you want to just talk about something, even, you know, just to learn, it's the, it's, it's, the, it's like a, it's like a life hack for learning. 
it's like the best the master's phd degree you can you can ask for <laughs> you know you just talk mm -hmm. to so many different people that are so brilliant in their respective fields um and everybody has a story and it's just been phenomenal um honestly it's like i said i, I think it's one of the best things i've done professionally and personally and i don't plan on stopping anytime soon yeah well it's quality content quality guests you're super consistent have built such a cool, impactful brand via LinkedIn and all your other channels. Thank you. Um, again, like when I reached out, I was so excited. I was like, I think I found somebody who thinks like me and <laughs> and gets it and, uh, you know, a great collaborator and, and fellow woman in the technology community. So I'm excited to continue to see it grow and you know, your vision for all the other things that you want to impact as well. So what does that look like? What is the future of your own empire in the next maybe 12 to 24 months for what you're looking to do in the world? creating content within like educating um on different topics that I, I just feel really passionate about like talent development and the other one is young talent so i'm really passionate about working with youth and so that's the focus for the next 12 to kind of 24 months is to grow the podcast to uh, potentially join um a network uh, potentially turn it into some kind of more larger show so you know stay tuned but that's kind of the, the to, to to have a larger reach via a network um, and then at the same time to to grow within the space of young talent. And it's a lot of um, nonprofit kind of volunteer work I, work I do with youth. So those are those are the things I'm really excited about over 12, 24 months. And it's going to be kind of the prime focus, aside from, of course, my, my my day job and other things that I do. These are the things that I'm really kind of pushing forward um, and, and prioritizing. Yeah, you have your nonprofit that you spend a lot of time on, Bloom Youth. Now with that, are you focused on specifically grooming folks to become technology professionals? Or is it really about just your first job and how to accomplish being a productive you know, contributor to the greater ecosystem once you're out of those college days? Yeah, so it's working with population 16 and up. So even kind of helping them navigate, like, do you need to go to a four-year institution? You know, you know, what does it look like for you, right? And we spent also, this past year has been a focus working with um, uh, foster care systems as well. So there's the programs where um, kids that are aging out of the foster care, so eight, they have these programs that are 18 to 21, when they're 18 to 21 years old. So helping them navigate and landing that job, because that's where most of them um, uh, need help is like when they graduate at 18 from the foster care system, this is when they need the most help navigating that job market. And that job market looks different for, for everybody in the system. So helping them navigate in a way that makes sense in their particular situation. And at the same time, um, working with just youth who are, you know, just curious, not sure where they want to go, not sure what they want to do. Um, I have about 12 mentors that I that are on the team that we work with, and they come from different backgrounds, different professional backgrounds. And some of them uh, work uh, with youth to help them build confidence. So like that's their thing that they do. Some of them are in healthcare and they talk to them about the careers in healthcare. Some of them are around just career search and job search. Some of them are around personal branding. So many of them cover different topics, uh, but also all of them are professionals in specific industries. So it's not only tech related, it's more of just helping young people navigate, um, navigate this, you know, life post high school or life post university or how do you best prepare and closing that gap between university and the real world, so to say, the real world of work, the corporate, whatever, wherever they may go. And just kind of opening up different avenues, because I think that at least, you know, 
a lot of the youth that I speak with, they feel that there's only so many ways that they can, so many pathways they can take. And so we try to kind of showcase like, hey, like there's so many different things you can do, you know, and just kind of expanding their, um, their, their just opportunities that might be available to them and also upskilling them when necessary. But again, particularly in soft skills with a big focus, of course, on the physical health and overall well-being. I love that you work so hard. You're always looking to make an impact and investing in your own personal development so that you can be that much more valuable to others. It's just so inspiring and awesome. So I just now want to wrap with one final question around principles that have helped you get to this point in your life. And I'm curious, what has been the core principle to help you be successful in business? Uh, I would say probably two things that come to mind. One is something my dad always says, and um, he says it's, and I'm going to translate, he says it in Russian. So when I translate it to English, it might sound weird, but basically um, never put your hands down. And what he means is always keep, like, keep working. So, and it doesn't mean like be like a workaholic, but it's just like, keep busy. So keep uh, um, kind of, uh, and, and when I say it in Russian, it, it makes more sense, but it's more of like, just never put your hand down. It's like, keep going. So it's like, not just keep working, but keep going, keep moving and so on. And then the other thing that I think has helped me a lot, and it's something that have been pointing out to, pointed out to me by people around me is that, which I didn't realize, but then when people would keep saying it to me, I was like, well, I guess it kind of makes sense is that even if I'm afraid to do something, I still do it. I, I'm not a huge risk taker, but I take calculated risks and I'm not too afraid to, I'm, I'm definitely not afraid to make mistakes, but I'm not too afraid to make big changes. I'm not too afraid. Even if I am afraid, let me rephrase, even if I am afraid, I still do it. So I work through the fear no matter how I feel about the situation, I, I, and I don't know if it's just because of realizing that fear is just a feeling and it's normal to be afraid. So I don't let fear stop me from doing whatever it is that I'm trying to do. And I think that has helped me, you know, be kind of being able to, to continue to do things, et cetera. Cause I feel like a lot of things I've done, um, can be like look risky or, you know, can like induce fear in people. And it didn't in me as well. But I think it's just like, I always ask myself the question, which I heard a long time. It's like, what's the worst that can happen? And that's literally the, always the question. I like, what's the worst that can happen? And the worst case scenario is usually like minimal. So, so that kind of helps me push through fear. So I, I guess these two things. Amazing. You're so incredible, making such an impactful push into the technology space, into the you know, future leaders of our world, the youth that are coming into the workforce. I absolutely love all that you're doing. And I'm excited to share more about your podcast so everybody can find Elena through Shift. I'll make sure links in the show notes. Keep your tabs on all she's doing because she's going to do some amazing things, not only in the next 12 to 24 months, but then even beyond that. So thanks again for gracing us with your presence and excited to see all that you're going to continue to do. Thank you. Thank you.